Hi, I'm Kerry Grinkmeyer. I'm the host of Best of Us Investors. I'm a retired financial advisor, and I've been involved in the financial world for now close to 50 years. And I think the next 30 days may just be the most important 30 days in my investment career. And I'm anxious to see what exactly is going to happen. If you've been to my channel before, you know that a turning point in my investment career was the reading of this book. This is The Accidental Superpower by Peter Zeehan. Um, it was written in 2014, and in chapter 10, Peter tells me that there is going to be um, an invasion of Ukraine by Russia. And he actually predicted it would be in 2020, so he's two years late. And he goes through it in detail on page um, 186. So if you haven't gotten this book, I suggest you do. It's got another book coming out in June that I'm quite anxious to, to, to read. Um, so I did some uh, searching to find recent interviews so that I could get maybe a, a sneak peek at what that book's all about. And so that's what I spent this morning doing. And I want to share my findings with you because I think they're important. They're going to be very important as to how you invest. And I think the next 30 days are going to give us a clue as to what the world's going to look like as we move forward. I think we're all aware of... Um, Russia's invasion of Ukraine, and we're all aware of how the other rest of the world is reacting to it. But I, what I don't think we recognize is we've 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 backed a mad dog into the a corner, and we've not left him much choice. And what his choice and what his actions are are going to be very important to your stock portfolio, particularly if you have exposures in countries other than the United States. So what I want to talk to you about in this video is my learnings over the last basically six hours combined with my learnings over the last 77 years and what I think is a pivotal point in the history of our world. I, I don't think I can put it in any less terms. The next 30 days are going to be a pivotal point in the rest of your lifetime. Okay, this is not financial advice. This is Kerry's sharing of his wisdom, if you so, um, and his knowledge to help you make better decisions. Be right back with you. Best of Us Investors presents Kerry Griegmeier. As I said, I spent the morning watching a number of interviews from Peter because I respect him so much. He, he gave me such a history lesson uh, on how the world's economic situation evolves, and it's all around demographics, and it's all about um, the 
the geopolitical situation, all the way down to the fact how many rivers you have and are you bordered by other countries or by oceans. And, and he, he has taught me so much about economics that I had to find out where he is relative to what he had predicted would happen in 2014 and how it has happened and how he sees it coming to fruition. So I've, I've watched uh, about five of his videos, interviews, and I've learned a lot, and I want to share it with you. In putting it in a nutshell, in the next 30 days, the situation in Ukraine is going to come to, to a head. We've backed Vladimir into a corner in that he underestimated because of situations that Vladimir saw happen, because he saw President Trump uh, try to blackmail the president of Ukraine into putting dirty knowledge out about uh, Joe Biden's son and his and the, the Ukraine's president's refusal to do it. Donald pulled away any um, any military or financial support to Ukraine. Vladimir saw that. And at that point, Vladimir said, now is my time to move on Ukraine while, while President Trump is not happy with him. And, and Vladimir believed that he could influence the election such that Donald got reelected. It became very important to him. So he started mustering his troops. He started getting them together and moving towards the Ukraine border. But Joe got elected. That happening, and, and Joe reinstated the financial support to Ukraine. And Vladimir basically said, if I'm ever going to move, I've got to move now. And that's why he invaded when he did. Because Vladimir knows his country is decaying from the inside out. He has a demographic problem. He doesn't he has more workers and and uh, savers than he has consumers. The, 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 the baby boomer and the generation X in, in Russia did not reproduce. So he doesn't have consumers. His only salvation is exporting oil and gas and caviar and vodka to the rest of the world. His biggest customer on oil and gas is Europe and China. So he needed the he needed the the uh, infrastructure of of uh, not only Ukraine but Poland and other countries to for the survival of his country, and he had to act now. So he did. So now he's backed into the corner. He obviously believed that it would be just a march in, take control, and be done with it. Because he sent these tanks in, and, and they ran out of gasoline. They didn't even have enough gas to get there, and they ran out of food. The soldiers had to get out of the tanks and walk back to get more food and, and gasoline. While they were gone, the anti-tank weapons that we and other countries provided blew up the tanks, and the soldiers came back and they had no, nothing to do. So he started a artillery attack. That's not what he wanted to do. He's destroying the infrastructure that he wanted to take over. 
His back's against the wall. He's a mad dog, and he showed his teeth and said, get out of my way, or I'm going to push the atomic button. I'm going to start an atomic war. He's backed into a corner. What did we do? We shut him down economically. We basically have said to the central banks, do not allow him to trade. What he also didn't expect was McDonald's would pull out. He did not expect that uh, Starbucks would pull out. And he did not expect that Shell and BP and the other oil companies that keep his oil business running would pull out. And now the oil's not moving through those pipes. The pipes are freezing and cracking. And now he's got infrastructure problems on providing the oil that Europe and China needs. And at the same time, now he is saying, because he has no choice, if you want my oil, Turkey, you need to pay for it in rubles. Well, how do you do that? The central bank will not facilitate the transaction. Get on an airplane with suitcases full of money and come pay for your oil. That's where they're at. And over here to in, is China watching all this and saying, what if that was us? And wait, what if Russia can't supply us with the oil, the natural gas, and the wheat that we need? What if Russia collapses? Well, if that happens, China's got about five months before this, the citizens start starving. They're already locked up in their buildings. They're already bankrupt because of the, the real estate crisis of last year. And now, if they put themselves in a position that they piss off the United States, and the United States puts financial sanctions against them, and the Apple pulls their factories out, and Tesla pulls their factories out, and we stop buying all the stuff we buy from them, as we've stopped buying oil from uh, Russia, if that happens to them, China collapses in five months. They have a similar demographic problem in that their population within 20 years will be cut in half because they don't have the population to support, even to work in the factories, because their, generate, their millennial and Zoom generation are small. They have an overabundance of men and an underabundance of women, so they can't reproduce even if they could, have, could convince them to. And they aren't reproducing while they're being locked up in their homes because of fear of a virus spreading through their country because their vaccines can't work. So their only decision is, do we contact Johnson & Johnson and Moderna and buy vaccines from the United States? And that's not going to happen. So my opinion, and this is not financial advice, is the next 30 days in the stock markets are going to be turbulent. 
They're going to be disastrous. So I, as an investor, have to make a decision. What am I going to do? Do I bail? Do I go to cash, take the losses that I've, I've had in my genome sequencing and my genome editing stocks? Do I believe genome sequencing and genome editing will not happen because of Vladimir and Xi Jinping? No, I don't think that's in the equation. But at the other hand, do I believe that, that uh, we're going to bring back our manufacturing to the United States because what we've just learned from our vulnerability to Russia and now China? Do I believe that we will bring our manufacturing back through 3D printing and robotics? Yes. Do I believe that Amazon, Google, Microsoft, Facebook will continue to grow and provide the growth that our nation, who is going to reestablish themselves as the superpower, who will come out of this and say, wow, that was crazy. Yes, I believe they will continue to grow. Do I believe that China will come to a realization we've got to make peace with the United States? Or our country will starve? Do I believe that maybe the Chinese people will come to realize, realize this and throw out the Communist Party? I don't know. But I believe if the world is going to survive, it's all going to happen, and we're going to learn about it over the next 30 days. Now, you may be saying, Carrie, what the hell are you talking about? Where do you get all this nonsense if you've done what I've asked you to do and read this book, you believe in Peter like I do. So here, listen to him here. And that contributed to the end of the Cold War without a shot being fired. Big victory for both sides. Both sides being the U.S. and China, not the Russians, obviously. Now, the Chinese have expanded by a factor of 10 economically. They see themselves as a peer power to the Americans, but they are unwilling to admit that all of the growth that they have had, every little scrap of it, is because of the globalized system that the U.S. maintains. And when the Russians fell under sanctions, everything that the Chinese thought was true about their future was laid bare as at best wishful thinking uh, and bad analysis. So they are now looking east to the United States and west to the Russians in a little bit of a panic because they are being tied indirectly to what's going on in Ukraine. And they have now found out not only does the West and specifically the United States' financial tools work very well, they now know they would work much better against China than against Russia. Because at its core, Russia is a commodities exporter, most notably oil, natural gas, and food. China imports all those things. So if an equivalent sanctions regime was done against the Chinese, you'd have 500 million dead Chinese in less than a year from starvation. And that assumes nothing else gets folded into the situation. So the Chinese are trying to wrestle with the collapse of 50 years of strategic planning and their core ideology as being completely non-functional. I'd say, if you look at the rhetoric from the last three weeks, they're, they're doing a decent job of segueing, but you don't, you don't rip the mental roots out of an entire system overnight and expect people to just blink and then all of a sudden be on the new scale. Oh, the Europeans have shown that maybe that is a little bit more possible than I'm saying here, but the Chinese have always seen themselves as anti-American. They've always seen themselves as anti-Western, anti-democracy, and now they're realizing that the mood 
of the man in the White House determines whether their country exists. They're not going to turn on a dime for that. But we'll know soon. I think this is another one of those things that we've shaken out one way or another by the end of April. Uh, China joined the global order with Mao. That was the whole point of the Nixon-Mao summit, that we would bring the Chinese into the system if they would turn their back on the Soviets, and it were. Oh, one other thing. As, as tight as the sanctions are and as, bigger, as big as they're getting, they're nothing compared to the corporate boycotts. Almost every single company that left Russia was under no legal requirement to do so. They just didn't want to be associated with the war. And we're talking about those ESG, social goody two-shoes, mammoth companies like Exxon and Halliburton, who are now gone. uh, And everyone else followed. So if that happened to China, you know, that's all of their investment that matters. That's all of their technology transfers. That's all of their end markets. Uh, this system, if it turned against China, would be far more damning than anything we've seen out of Russia so far. I don't want to be doom and gloom, but I want you to understand what's about to happen. And I want you to understand whether Elon Musk buys Twitter or not is really insignificant. The world situation is at a pivot point. And the future is going to be determined in the next 30 days. And I want you to remember where you heard this first. And I want you to, if you believe that I can keep you abreast, I want you to give me a thumbs up. I want more thumbs up than I've ever seen. And I want more subscriptions. Because I'll continue to do my work. I'll continue to take my knowledge, my experience, and work every day to help make you a better investor. And if you'll reciprocate by subscribing to my channel and then go down there where it says join and support my channel, support my cause to find a cure for cancer in my daughter's memory. It'll cost you a whopping $4.99 to keep this going. Okay, that's what I want from you. Now, go into the comments and tell me what you want from me.